0: we are back. Welcome back. Welcome back. The TV campfire has returned after six or seven months of dormancy with some festival season 11 releases. Are you
1: excited? So excited because uh, I didn't get to see most of these in person at the festival and I'm really excited to listen to them now.
0: I mean, I intro a lot of things and sat there for seven to 12 minutes of maybe five to six things. So if you add it all up, you probably saw one whole panel. Sure. That sounds great. You know, better than some years. I couldn't. So today we, our very first release on the TV campfire is goal exclamation point, a conversation with Bill Lawrence and Zach Braff. I wanted to introduce this panel and I couldn't because it was Sunday, the last day of the festival. It was basically the last panel of the festival following Scrubs, which we will talk about later. And for those that come to the festival, you know, I lose my voice on Sunday. So I had to tap in a proxy It was you.
1: (laughs) I was tapped in last minute to go and intro it, but I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. And this was pretty much one of the last panels of the festival. It was. We're starting with the end. Exactly. (laughs) It's exciting. Uh, Let's rewind slightly and why don't we introduce ourselves? It's been a minute and we may have... Some new people joining us, or for anyone that hasn't heard our voices in six or seven months, just a little reminder. Who are you? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm one of the co-founders and co-executive directors of ATX TV and ATX TV Festival.
0: There's two things now. I know. Uh, And I am Caitlin McFarland. Other one, (laughs) so (laughs) I introduce you to people. This is the other one, (laughs) the same title co founder, co executive director of those two things. I mean, we're not going to talk too much about this, but we have in the last two years, we've done two virtual festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the last year, we've really separated the brand umbrella brand into ATX TV. We do things all year round, we talk about television all of the time. We've launched a membership program. We've gone back to in-person events. We still have virtual events. And then we of course have ATX Television Festival, which happened this year, June 2nd through 5th. And it was the first time it was in person in three years. And I have to say it both felt the same and different.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, start there. How did it feel the same to you?
0: It felt the same in that it is like muscle memory of, I think about, we kicked the festival off with a welcome to TV camp panel and you and I just sort of riffing and talking about, you know, all of our people talking about stay hydrated and go to things that you, you know, don't know that you're going to, you know, try new things. Um, like all of our, our community, our TV camp of it all felt very similar, like being back together. Um, I don't know. It felt like a warm hug in so many ways. Cause it had been a very long time since we've done this I'm trying to think how, because then it also felt different. We had new homes. It was smaller because we, you know, po- not even post COVID still COVID. I think the thing that I loved the
1: most about being back in person, everyone was in the best mood. It just, the magic, we said this in the welcome panel, the magic comes when the people come and all the people were so excited, including us, our staff, the panelists, our attendees, press sponsors, volunteers, everyone. were so excited to be back in person and be together. And it did feel like that warm hug. Yeah. The energy was just Crazy positive in the most beautiful way. And everyone was just ready to roll with whatever happened. We all knew that there would be stumbling blocks. We're at a live event, there's always stumbling blocks, but this is great. Three years of having done this. And most people, it's been that long since they've been in rooms with more than a couple other people. So just being in a crowd of people again was so different for a lot of people. And so there was a lot of, I think fear and anxiety and hesitation coming into it, but it really felt as soon as people arrived, all of those
0: fear and inhibitions went away and they were just excited to be together. Yeah. I think that maybe that the same is that you still don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where your chaos is going to come or what, you know, it, things are going to break down because it's a live event. And so the unknown bit was the part that felt the same in that. It was honestly, I got stopped by more people than I've ever been stopped by before. And I keep saying this, but anecdotally half of them were like, so happy to be back. They'd come for 10 years. They did the virtual, they did all the things they knew us. They were ready to be back. And the other half were, I discovered you in COVID, discovered you on the podcast. I always wanted to come. I'm so glad Scrubs is still happening after three years because we announced it in 2020. And so it was this beautiful mixture of returners and newbies, but everybody was so excited to be there. Everybody was so willing to discover new things. Discovery has been my word. And I felt both at home, but like in this fresh new way, because it had been so long and there was so much anxiety for everyone going in. You're right. I heard from people, this was their first trip in since pre pandemic, like some of our press members, it was the first flight they would gotten on and they did it because they missed us. Um, so, but we had the anxiety of, is it going to be the same? Do we still have it? Like are our panelists going to understand? Cause we had a lot of new panelists. A lot of times we have a lot of, Returning panelists, which we also still had, but we had a lot of newbies and we operate different than other festivals and conventions and we encourage different behavior of mixing and mingling and discovery. My favorite thing is that panelists go to things. Mm-hmm. Leslie Linka Glatter, which we'll be releasing later, our wordy went to so many panels and it was so lovely
1: and had so many panelists in her panel sitting and watching. Which it was, was like the
0: power panel from the audience perspective, but like they all did that. Like, and I am always, you know, pre pandemic, I'm always worried that the next year it's not going to, the magic's not going to be there. We still had Craig Robinson play, he just sat down at the piano in the bar in the lobby and played the theme song to the office, which (laughs) to me is TV camp magic. Like that was unplanned, unscheduled. It's not a planned concert. So like those moments, I was just so grateful that everyone participated in the ways that I hope that they do every year. And I'm always scared that they won't. Do you have a
1: favorite moment? I know that's so hard to say because there's so many little wonderful moments, but one that in this, you know, we're a month, six weeks out that just like really still
0: stands out to you. I mean, some of them are, I mean, moments with Leslie, Linka Glatter. Um, It's so interesting. We've been talking about this for about a month, like highs and lows and favorite moments. Honestly, my favorite moment is very odd. (laughs) and It won't really translate. Usually my favorite moment is with a panelist, somebody I'm really excited to meet that is excited to be there and participate. And that did happen. But I think my favorite moment was Laura Kincaid, our director of operations, who has gotten better about getting out into the world during the festival and not just staying in the staff hub. But on Friday, we There was hair and makeup available for one of our cast reunions, and a lot of them didn't need it, didn't want it, didn't come down, which I also really appreciate that people take care of themselves. But there was a hair and makeup person available in the green room for a period of time with nothing to do. And I, Laura was dressed up, but she had not done her hair and makeup and she was still running around. And I made her sit in the chair and get her makeup done. And it was like, maybe my favorite thing that happened because it made her so happy. And she like, kind of had a different pep in her step for like the event that evening. And just having that moment with her, like I had more moments with our staff. I was so grateful to be back with them. And that definitely surprised me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I feel like in the same sort of way, the thing that I was looking the most forward to and ended up being the thing that I appreciate the most was having time with our members. You said earlier, we launched this membership program last year, leading into the festival. Mm -hmm. So 2021 leading into the virtual festival, um, which is basically a subscription where we host events virtual at this moment in time, hopefully starting some in-person things here in Austin, but virtual events, multiple throughout multiple each month um whether they're coffees or special guests we do tv watch clubs which is like a book club but better because it's tv um but i've gotten to know these members so well over this past year from all these virtual events and then to see them in person and hang out in person with them and have these virtual events but doing them together in the same space was really cool and watching them hang out with each other and just how welcoming they are. Our attendees are so welcoming to new people and open arms. It's a warm hug to anyone that wants a hug, Uh, (laughs) but really just being able to hang out and see them was the thing that I was the most excited about and was the thing that I enjoyed the most. You were very excited to meet all of them. (laughs) um, uh, Well, I do think also thinking of the live event part of it and the things that might go wrong or might flub the schedule or the programming does kind of lead us into the intro for this first panel. Well, it, that does, we're gonna release. it does for
0: a couple of reasons. Yeah. Um, one, taking a step back as we are get into our first release, which again, as we said, is goal was Zach Braffin, Bill Lawrence, um, this panel was a late add to the schedule. Um, it was made after opportunity because obviously we had scrubs. We love Bill Lawrence. He came to the very first festival ever, um, with a panel called Bill Lawrence and friends. We didn't know who the friends were until <laughs> nope. they all showed up. Um, and obviously Bill has had a very interesting pandemic year in, or a couple of years. And that I actually ran into Bill Lawrence in New York on the street after a play. He remembered when we talked about it this time, um, and he, I remember standing and talking to him about, oh, at the time it was January, 2020 scrubs was supposed to be happening in June, 2020, in an in-person festival in Austin spoiler alert didn't happen. So we were talking about the reunion and I was like, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, I've been going back and forth to London. I'm making this new Apple show with Jason Sudeikis <laughs> and for TV fans, this is not a big news to you. That show is Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso was one of the biggest shows of it came for season one landed right as COVID was happening, it was, I think a lot of its success was with everybody being at home and being able to watch it. And it is a warm hug and such a lovely place to live. And so he has spent the past two years living in Ted Lasso land, which of course we wanted to do a Ted Lasso panel at the festival. A lot of them are in London. They're making season three right now. Um, so once we had everything in place for scrubs happening on Sunday of the festival and knowing that Bill would be able to still be here. And Zach has directed a number of episodes of Ted and Zach and Bill had been friends for so long. It felt like it was a really great time to be able to talk about Ted Lasso a little bit, but also talk about collaboration and partnership which is something that we are both a little obsessed with. And so that was how the panel itself came together which we only added on the schedule. I mean, two weeks is probably being generous. Oh yeah. I
1: feel like it was the week before. Yeah.
0: And at first we were going to have it be a micro program, which was a new type of programming that only 30 people could go to. And you rightfully said, I think that will go poorly. (laughs) Like this is a terrible idea. I don't like it. So we put it still in a smaller room. I think it sat 170 people. Um, And one of my favorite things about it was, everyone was in line for it. And we were counting people and our venue manager had been telling people towards the end of the line, just so you know, you might not get in preparing them, preparing them. They were letting people in 10 at a time and then five at a time and then three at a time and then one at a time. And literally everyone in line got in to the exact number of spaces, which made me really happy. Yes. Cause you don't want anybody turned away, but you also want a really full room. Um, but yes, this, also, I think what you were allu- alluding to was this panel followed the Scrubs reunion almost directly. Yep. I mean, and we had cleared the schedule for the Scrubs reunion so that nothing, 1200 people can fit in that theater. We knew everybody was going to want to go to it. We didn't want to put any programming against it because it didn't seem fair. Um, Line around the block at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning for Scrubs. It was supposed to be an hour, which was our fault guys. We should have scheduled it for longer. It went about an hour and 45, meaning you guys can do math. 45 minutes over it threw a domino effect into our entire Sunday schedule. And this was one of the things, luckily they were the ones that caused it,
1: but. Absolutely definitely talk about live event in the scramble as it's going and we know it's gonna go over and we can tell like we knew early that it was gonna go over some because we're starting a little bit late. We just you you feel the things happening, but then when we reached the hour mark and then the hour 15 mark, I think there was definitely a murmur through the staff of we need a contingency plan at this moment in time because. This is about to be pushed. This is about to push everything and everyone is in this room. So there's no one to go to the rest of the programming. So we have to push everything a little bit. So once this ends, people can get out of the Paramount and get to the other venues to see the rest of Sunday programming, which they're all excited about and love, but they don't want to miss the end of the scrubs reunion, which is great because it ended with a sing-along of the scrubs theme song, which was amazing but it definitely had this moment of not panic, but definitely live event of they wanted to answer every question to anyone that had gotten up to ask a question. Our lovely venue managers did cut off the line at some point. So it wasn't (laughs) like people could keep coming, but you know, there was a handful of people still in line and they really wanted to make sure they asked, they answered all those questions. And I love that. And I loved that they wanted to be there and keep interacting with the audience. So We did not pull them off the stage as we have done for previous pieces of programming in other years, but it was a lovely,
0: beautiful moment. It did cause chaos the rest of Sunday. It did, but you know, Sunday often has it. We always tell ourselves we're not done yet and don't get cocky (laughs) and you know, we rolled with it, it happened and it was a beautiful panel with a lot of energy and people left that and went to a a great brunch presented by lifetime. Yes. And had some brunch food and a mimosa. And so like, how better (laughs) way to end your TV festival. Everyone's happy.
1: Yeah. Um, But it was cool. And I know this was something that was really important to you in programming that Zach and Bill went from this panel in the paramount 1200 seats, you know, huge scrub fans to a small intimate conversation with
0: 170
1: 170, I
0: think and change um they also as we lead into it because then we'll let them talk is they don't have a moderator um we like to do that when we can when we feel people can handle themselves and I think the Lawrence can handle themselves um so it's just the two people talking that are friends and collaborators creator and actor creator and director like it's a it's a really interesting conversation and there's clearly a lot of history there. So it's it's fun to give people like that a platform and then give an audience that, because I do think a lot of people in that room had been in the bigger room as well and getting to see them with just two of them instead of, oh, there's like eight on the Scrubs panel. Um, and it's just fun to give them different ways to have conversations and what they can discover in that smaller space and with more, Time, yep. So with that, enjoy goal with Bill Lawrence and Zach Braff.
2: On the way so, in, Bill told me there was no moderator, and I was like, "We're just gonna riff for forty-five <laughs> minutes."
3: <laughs> we we're downstairs. Zach's I think like, "We can
2: handle it," but I
3: was fucking nervous. Zach's like, "Who's the who's the moderator?" I'm like, "I got bad news, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we
2: got The good we news is we're so self-interested uh, in ourselves. We can probably do it. I yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm,
3: going, I'm going straight this yeah, way. Yeah, go I'm, straight because want to diss these people. All right, cool. Okay. The, uh, uh, we're going to, um, I think, you guys tell me. I take you're supposed to talk about working with your friends a little bit. I think that's what this is about, I hope. Our collo- no, Our, our collaboration. Careers, careers, our specific collaboration. Careers working together? Yeah. That's what I meant. All right. <laughs> The right. Uh, I'll start by telling you guys a story. It's a true story. And now, uh, anybody that went to the last uh, panel, you know, I really believe, I don't care if it's entertainment. um uh, or, whatever you're doing, if you have the opportunity to work with people you love or friends, especially right now, do it. You know, it makes it so much more fun. You can tell with our show that we all desperately try to work with each other over and over just so you can hang out, spend time together. We don't have a huge need to come to festivals. We love coming to A because of you, and B because we like spending time with each other. You know? Um, it's true. <laughs> all right. So, I love this guy. Thank you guys for giving
2: us an excuse to all get together and, and get and re- really drunk and get hammered. Thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so uh, on our career together, um, I, I will say, and then and then I'll ask Zach some questions. I'll be the moderator. Okay, thank God. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. <laughs> so because uh, uh, we have a journey, and then we're gonna keep it going too. We'll tell you some other stuff. But Bill Zach- Show
2: runs everything. We had a text chain coming here, <laughs> and I'm like, I found a really good place to go to dinner. He's like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my friend is in, from Atlanta, uh, Austin. Excuse me. He knows, he knows all the great restaurants. He goes. Eh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a look where we where we're gonna eat. And I'm like, can, can you not showrun dinner? Let me plan, let me plan dinner.
3: Well, I'm gonna let Zach tell our first working together story, and then we'll go back to Scrubs because, and it makes me look bad. And I want you all to know that I come back from this story, okay? It's, so and Zach, it, and it's 100 uh, true. The first year you're gonna of think Scrubs, I'm exaggerating, but the, fir- go ahead. the first year of Scrubs, and this is part of my life. Zach came up to me and he said, "Hey, it would mean a lot to me." If uh, you would read this screenplay I wrote, it was Garden State, by the way. And he, uh, oh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this and we're going to do it with Garden State, though. Okay. Do it with that. And then uh, 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 he handed it to me, and he said, of course I'd read it. Go ahead.
2: Well, you're conflating two different stories. with a different story. Sorry. All right, we're nervous. He's conflating two different stories. <laughs> what happened was. I know. I, I, was I was made it Garden State, so that was a better story. He's show-running my answer to the fucking <laughs> question. Okay, you, you might have made it a better story because it looks, makes you look like one step less of a douche at the time. <laughs> I had the chutzpah, for those of you who don't know what that means, the balls, the huevos, the moxie, to first-year scrubs, write a Scrubs spec script. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's, it's you're not a writer on the show and you wrote a full episode because you thought you could write in the tone of the writer's room. And I, I just because I, I aspired to be a writer. This is before Garden State. And I, I and I, Bill was like a, a hero. Uh, he's always been a mentor to me since I met him in 2000. And I thought, I'm going to this is so brave. And the last thing a showrunner wants is his star coming up to me going, I wrote an episode but he was very nice at the time and he said, "Oh, great, man. Yeah, I will I will read this." Um the next day a PA came uh to my dressing room and the script I had given Bill literally across you're going to think I'm exaggerating. It had a tire mark across <laughs> the title page and it and and he said I, I don't know I, this has your name on it, so I assumed it was it was yours. <laughs> but I found it in the parking He's lot. He's fine. Uh, well, <laughs> He's fine. I found fine it now. I found it in the parking lot and i you guys, I swear to God, it's not an exaggeration. There was a tire mark across the title page. Put, what? Bill,
3: put, your turn. I put <laughs> I put it on the roof of my car to go home. <laughs> I drove away, and then everybody leaving work that day drove over it. <laughs> By the way, which is a metaphor for what it's like to be a writer? Just so you know, right? So that was the start of our well, of, our, of our work. Of, of, of our beyond just showrunner-actor collaboration. Uh, <laughs> look, I'll tell you, uh, and, uh, and then I'll um, ask Zach some questions. The thing that changed our dynamic working together was, um, uh, you know, when I hired Zach, he was a waiter. Uh, he, I called him when he got the part. You can tell them it's. Is, you, is that an okay story to tell when you called the manager of the restaurant? Yeah, go oh, you go. Uh,
2: I um I um I ca- i I auditioned for Scrub six times, and uh, the the final time was it was a network test, and um they've changed it now and they do it in a more uh, slightly more humane way. But it used to be uh, pretend just this middle section here. P- picture a room that size. With almost this same amount of people in it, but pushed back against someone's desk. It was someone's office. Yeah. And you would, have to, you would have to, it's like the Olympics. You either nail it in that room or, it, or, 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 or all your preparation is worthless. And uh, I got it. I, sorry, so I think I did well. I put my Motorola StarTech, for those of you old enough to remember the Motorola StarTech. <laughs> I put it on the passenger seat of my Nissan 240SX. And uh, I was driving home and Bill called me and he told me about the part and my life was changed instantly. I knew it, because even if the pilot, was, even if the show didn't go, it was just the pilot. I, I clearly, um, I didn't have to wait tables for a long time um, just from, from making my first real check as an actor. And um, I called my mom, I called my dad, and I called the manager of the restaurant where I worked. <laughs> And she was a fellow actor and she and I go, I got a, I got the violin. She was freaking out. She was so she goes, but you're gonna work tonight, right? <laughs> and I was like, I still have to I still have to work? She goes, Of course, babe, you can't let me down. I, I I'm we're swamped tonight, you have to work. And I was like, Oh, I'll work tonight.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I just got so hammered, and I was the worst waiter. And then people were like, people were like yelling at me, I was like, you calm down over there. You know.
3: Didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you base that rest, the yes, restaurant? Yes. If you so for those of you who
2: know Garden State, that was it. Was literally a French Vietnamese restaurant, um, and um, I and we I had to wear a tunic, and um, the only thing I added was the eye makeup and the earpiece. But everything else was. It was a very fancy restaurant in Beverly Hills, and the manager, um, not this nice woman, uh, the the owner actually, the meaner guy would um, <laughs> would p- for some bizarre reason th- back in the day. People trying to get waiting jobs would give their he- their headshot. They were all actors, but they would give their headshot, which was so weird. Like uh, they're probably more interested in your in your waiting tables experience. But anyway, so he would hold up the headshots and be like, "If you're late again, I'm gonna give your job to this guy." <laughs> 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 so. I I put all of that and then people were like so snooty we didn't have bread I don't know much about well I I know a little bit about French Vietnamese cuisine from working there but one thing I can tell you is we didn't serve bread and this made people livid because they would ask for bread and I would say I don't know what to tell you we don't I'm assuming that when the French colonized Vietnam (laughs) they didn't bring bread That's all I can guess, that's all I can <laughs> surmise, from my tunic. Um, <laughs> and they would get mad and uh, order lots of sugar, uh, uh, Red Bull vodkas, and so I put that in the movie, yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: so the the start of our actual working relationship was, uh, you know, I can't remember, did Garden State come first, or did you direct an episode of Scrubs first? No,
2: you didn't let me until I, used, uh, Garden State was
3: just a very expensive way to audition to direct Scrubs. So- <laughs> the here's here's the worst part of it, all right? So I want to tell you guys that, uh, well, this is a nice end to the story. So I I had, you know, Zach come and direct the show, and not a lot of people know, but Zach went to film school to be a director. He's incredibly accomplished. Not only has he done his own films, go see Going in Style. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's a fantastic kind of studio movie. Uh, He's got a great movie coming out that he directed with Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. I've seen it, it's really, really, really good. So uh, Zach, the first time Zach directed, he's such a a skilled director with moving the camera and visuals and stuff. uh, The story makes me mad just even telling it that after the first five days, my wife, uh, who plays Jordan on the show, my wife's Krista Miller, uh, she came and she's like, I gotta tell you, man, Um, there's so many great directors on this show, but when Zach's there, it's like having this amazing feature director. (laughs) He's by far the most talented, amazing (laughs) visual director style. By the way, and what I'm keeping toward the end of the story, by that time I had directed like 10 episodes of the show. (laughs) I'm like, like, come on. And then from that moment on, um, uh, uh, Zach directed all the big episodes of Scrubs. And we started a work relationship together that I send him my pilot scripts. Uh, He's nice enough to... You even let me work on Garden State a little back in the day.
2: A lot. In fact, here's a little uh, funny... Not funny.
3: Well, maybe it's funny. It was an anecdote
2: from Garden State. I cut Garden State in the living room of my house. And, um, you know, Bill, I've always... He's been a mentor to me since day one and taught me so much, not just about writing, but about navigating the industry. Bill's the most savvy person I know about... uh, you know, Hollywood is is so much the creative side, but then navigating the business side. And there's genius writers that just don't know how to navigate the business side at all. And there's very savvy business people who can't write at all. And Bill is uh, um, the best at both. And he's taught me so much about navigating the, the that world. And I always go to him like, what do I do in this situation? How should I handle this? Um, he came to see a very early cut of Garden State. Garden State used to have a reveal at the end of the movie that um, was so fucked up <laughs> and twisted and dark that it hijacked the whole love story. <laughs> and, um, and Bill came and he watched the movie and he said, all right, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be hard for you to digest. That, that, that uh, second to last scene is the most powerful and, and intense and moving and dramatic scene in the movie. It will never be in the movie. You can't see it right now, and you're probably in your head mad at me, but eventually you're going to realize that you have to remove that scene from the movie. And uh, he was right. Uh, it, 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 even in testing it through a test audience, as we realized that uh, putting a whole little dramatic reveal at the end of the movie was hijacking what the movie had truly become, which was a love story. And... Um, and But he could see it because uh, Bill is, um, is so, uh, as many skills as he's great at, he's so great in the edit room. Um, we actually, <laughs> yeah, we can tell the story about, th- about uh, the acts too uh, during this. But um, we, um, so anyway, I, I guess I'm rambling, but, uh, but uh, he was, st- so many things, I w- he's, Bill's the first person I show anything I work on without him because I trust his opinion the most.
3: Um, and you look, that type of uh, work relationship you know, when you have uh, someone around that you can trust to tell you that something sucks or it's not your best uh, or it needs to make be better or the amount of times that we've both done for each other, you know, the painful thing of saying like, uh, oh, that actor or actress doesn't work or, oh, this scene doesn't work. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. You, I mean, you don't
2: want uh, for those of you pursuing this or, or uh, in, in, in whatever capacity is, a, is in in your careers, you don't want yes men. It's the most useless thing in the world in any field. And sometimes that's hard. You need the tough love of like you're g- he might be pissed at me. You know, there were times where I would cut an episode of Scrubs because when you're direct when you're directing an episode, you get to do a first pass. And then, of course, you hand it off to the showrunner and they do a final pass. And Bill would come in, and he would be like, no. And I would, I would like, you know, uh, uh, let's say I left the ca- camera rolling and didn't cut to a close-up at a point where n- you normally would. And he'd be like, no, we're not going to do that. And I'd be like, just please, just please think about it. And he'd be like, no, th- we're not doing that. There's no way we're doing that. And then the next day, he'd be like, I thought about it. We, we could do it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> hey, the best thing was, though, this mofo, m- fo- he would go, sometimes I would love something. In the show, and uh, like a joke, some a joke that hadn't been written. It was like someone's weird, trippy n- improv, like a stoner joke kind of thing. And uh, and I'd show him the cut, and he, you know, he, he, it was new to him because he wasn't on set when whoever improved a line or something. And we had all cracked up on set. And he go, "I'm not, I'm not putting that in the, in the show." And I'd be like, "Really? I, I we all, every, all, the whole crew cracked up on set, dude. It's so funny." He goes, "No, no, I showed that to Krista." Uh, at home, and and uh, she didn't even understand what the hell it meant. And I was like, oh, okay, well, okay, fuck it. And then I ran into Krista, I go, you, you didn't think that was funny? She goes, you think that I watch rough cuts of Scrubs?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to get him to leave, man. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Come on. Uh, and look, since then, one of the one of the things that Zach and I try to do is find excuses to to work together because we get each other, we get each other's sensibilities. And this is nerdy, but we've been talking about this book we read. Uh, it's about this guy Mike Nichols. If you know him. <laughs> TV's Mike Nichols. TV's Mike Nichols, TV's Mike Nichols. <laughs>
2: found a book that you should all read. I'm
3: gonna get re- I'm gonna get real about it. One of the cool things in there is time, time again. We've sold so many copies of yeah, this book what today. I- Todd, I'm going to, he's died, so I can say that you and I were close with him now if we want to. That wasn't in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But time and time again, he returned to working with his friends and to working with people that understood him and that he understood them and that you would want to spend time with him anyways. It's kind of a theme of everything that we do. Zach directed the second ever episode of Ted Lasso. He would have, he was great. He would have... he would have done the, the first one if uh, he was uh, able to. We were just over in London. And the, uh, uh, I'm doing this new show with Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel and Zach's, uh, I think you're coming back to L.A. to direct that in a couple I'm weeks. Very, in a couple weeks, I'm going to direct Harrison Ford. And I'm
2: really, the main reason I'm doing it is for the stills of me looking like I'm directing Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll do anything Bill never wants, but when he, when he told me that Harrison Ford was the co-star, I was like, think of the stills you're going to have for your wall.
3: I, I got a couple of real questions before um, we see if anybody here has any questions. We'll answer, you know, trivia shit, work shit, whatever you guys want. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, the, the tricky stuff for, for Zach and me to uh, work together is we're both still kind of ambitious and doing our own thing. And the nicest thing I can – it's not nice. It's just at full with admiration. Zach doesn't need me in any shape, way, or form. You know, he, he any, anytime he lets me – work on his stuff. He's doing it out of friendship. He's so talented. Uh, He's one of those guys. It's really annoying because he's a really good actor, but he can also write. He can also direct. It's maddening, Um, but I will defeat him. No, the- uh (laughs) Uh, I I think you're doing pretty well, buddy. (laughs) There is, by the way, there is an air of- comp. Every time we help each other, there's a little element of competition to it, like the same way it bothers me when Zach directs my stuff, and it's so good. If he ever gives me, I work harder when Zach gives me a script on trying to come up with four or five jokes that I know will be in the trailer because it'll bother him that they pick as the. Oh, <laughs> it is. He he. This, he, I'll give him my script. I gave
2: him a script. My, my new film uh, is called A Good Person, uh, and it stars Morgan Freeman and Florence Pugh and Molly Shannon, and um, and it's a tragedy with with it's a tr- tragedy with comedy, believe it or not. That's kind of <laughs> our favorite genre. <laughs> um. But um it goes to a pretty dark place i've had a lot of grief in my uh've dealt with a lot of grief in in the last uh, three or four years of my life I lost a lot of close people to me and it came out was born out of that anyway um in the spirit of 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 what bill and I like the most you can't just give people grief and and sadness for two hours it's it's un it's untenable you have to give them release laughs and that's the kind of thing we love to do and so there's a lot of lot there's a lot of laughs in the movie and um There, there were, and then of course, Bill filled the script with 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 extra jokes, and one of them he gave we gave to Morgan Freeman, and it's one of the biggest laughs in the movie. And I, we tested the audience, we we tested from an audience, and his the line he wrote for Morgan gets this giant laugh, and I just look over to my editor like that fucking Bill Lawrence. He's got, like, he's got like four lines in the movie, and uh, they're all very funny. And the, uh, thank worked you. harder
3: on anything I've worked on. In <laughs> um, just because I knew it would bother him. Uh, so a real question, because I've been thinking about this, because, you know, look, you talk about, hey, you guys want to do a Scrubs reboot? By the way, the funny thing about this festival, my phone blew up. With, there's now 9,000 articles. Oh, my God, it's everywhere. And I love it. I love it like Bill
2: says, but, but Donald but Donald Faison <laughs> says it should be better as a movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> We, just, we were skimming the trades before we walked in here. And it's like, cast announced reunion show at the South by Southwest. This is how you guys should know. You saw, you now see firsthand how, how the internet works. You were there, and we said, one day, maybe, it would be something like this. It now says it's happening in every trade. But what I liked is, that, but, but Donald Faison opined. <laughs>
3: That it should likely be a movie. By the way, Donald would do it if it was a radio play. <laughs> <laughs> He's in. Which is not a bad idea. Yeah, no, it's not a bad idea. So my question, knowing all the different stuff that we've worked on together, I've been thinking about this a lot. What would, what, like, what's a thing that you and I haven't done together that would be cool to do? Do you know what I, mean? I don't know.
2: I just miss. Uh, this is going to sound sentimental, but I'm, I, I, I feel. Oh, this is, I have to rephrase this because I'm already embarrassed about how it's going to come out. Um, you have so many other children, babies in your life. You've got your Jason Siegels and your Vince Vaughns and your uh, Jason says, I want you all back to myself. <laughs> No, I would love to do a show again uh, where, I, where I act and direct like Scrubs with you. Um, and you guys can announce that in the trades. Uh, <laughs> do you ever want to do a play? I would love to do a play. I'll do anything with you. I, I think you're the most talented person I, I, I know. Oh, and I, I really, I, the thing is, you know, I never made it as far as a network test, which is the final stage in audition in my acting career until this, because I found, I found a lot of what I was getting sent not funny. Really, Truly, there's some actors out there who can sell anything, and kudos to them. They can turn anything I- into something. I j- wouldn't get a lot of callbacks because I just didn't find it the shit I was reading very funny. And when I read s- the Scrubs pilot, I laughed so hard. I thought, wow, me and this guy, whoever wrote this, we have the same sense of humor. This is very funny to me. And, of course, as, as you know, I like comedy that also has heart, as does he. And... Um, and so that's how I got it. So it, it, it's hard to find someone that, that you know we have such a uh, um, the same sensibility.
3: And so the answer to your question is I would love anything.
2: to d- I would love to do uh, any genre, um, but uh, but you know you and I you and I together uh, you know my E.T. story you know E.T. Uh.
3: By the way, I love that story <laughs> because in that story, e- that Zach e- told E.T. E- T- 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 is just a dude living in his <laughs> apartment.
2: I must confess, to you. I couldn't fall asleep last night, and I was like, "Well, they're definitely going to ask us about a reboot." And I'm, and I, and so just lying, staring at the ceiling, I came up with an analogy involving E.T. I just liked it. And E.T. in the story, is, uh, E.T. E.T. Bill said, "What if he had a cigarette?" He's sitting at home. <laughs> E.T. is sitting at home, going, "I don't know when I'm going to work again. I mean, <laughs> who knew, who knew this fucking thing would blow up like this?" <laughs> 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 They really fucking love this. I don't think I'm going to, what else am I, what else is going to happen in if my I career? If I play
3: E.T. one more time, it's all I'm going to play. <laughs> gonna what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, I love so that E.T. In the, in the, in the, in
2: the, in the analogy, E.T. is very picky about what he's going to do next. Uh, it feels like E.T. would do the E.T. sequel even without Spielberg.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. he's not going to have many options. No, there's not a lot of shit for him to do. <laughs> oh. I, I love the fantasy of doing a play with some of these. I just want to, you know, it's really interesting because I haven't figured it out yet. I'd love to work with all these people again together.
0: And we all we had the
3: conversation on our end of the uh, table last night, me and Neil Flynn, of uh, whether it has to be Scrubs or if you're if we already did Scrubs, if we try to do something else, would it be too weird for everybody? It's
2: like you know, think of the of the of the um, uh, the Guffman. What is the Guffman posse? The Chris the Chris. Uh, Christopher Guest sort of style where we could do that kind of thing.
3: or But nobody
2: wants to see that. They want to see... I don't know. They i want to see
3: Eagle over not, and over.
2: Yeah, they, see, they just want to see me ride Donald. I <laughs> 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 people... I'm walking down the street in New York and people just yell Eagle at me. And I was once in Israel on a kibbutz. I swear to God. I was taking a tour of a kibbutz in Israel, and I see this beautiful Israeli woman walking towards me in the distance, and she's sort of squinting. And it's like one of those scrubs, you know, beautiful person entrances with the, with the kind of wind kind of blows her kibbutz hair. And she's squinting, and she comes towards me, and she goes, Eagle? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very
3: bizarre in the middle of uh, nowhere in Israel, how far the show has traveled. Uh, so, look, uh, if anybody has any questions, it'll help us tell stories. We'll go around. But the one thing I, I, I really want to reiterate is uh, the thank you that we always do. The fact that this got thrown together and that you all are here is crazy. Thank you. And uh, um, Zach and I will work together forever. You know, a lot of people put on false fronts. Um, not, it's not bad just because shows come and go. Every person that you guys saw today from Scrubs, uh, we all still hang out. My first call was to Krista, wanting to know because she couldn't come, wanting to know how it went. Rob Maschio immediately texted me, going, I heard you mentioned my name. <laughs> you know I mean? it's, it's cool. We are. I'm surprised also, he's not here. Uh, yeah, by the way, he might be. You never yeah. know. Um, but uh, uh, man, you know, just to circle it back, work with your friends. Uh, we'll start on this side and we'll work across. Oh, we'll start because we'll go across. I won't forget. We'll start way over there. What do you got? So I wanted to see what your take was on
0: the writer's room in the writers' room today and how
3: you've come up in your journey and how that inspired you to be the boss? Uh, it's a cool question. So, look, uh, uh, Zoom sucks. You know, the uh, uh, my shows all have in-person writers' rooms. Again, I think it's really impossible not to have that com- connection and community when you're doing comedy, um, and it was a, a, a real barrier to entry. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, luckily they're all back in. We're finding our way through it there are no rules you're not penalized if you have kids and they aren't vaccinated and there's anything going on we get we get we go through the trouble of getting tested every day on our writers rooms uh, uh just so people feel good about working together cuz i think scrubs is an example of it that all the the people's lives and the connection of the community and knowing the actors and actresses really help the show That's number one number two uh young writers getting a break a culturally it's a weird time that there is a understandably PC culture out there of, of people, you know, um, um, examining things under a microscope in a way that sometimes you can pitch a joke in a writer's room and uh, end up talking about whether or not a joke is appropriate for an entire day, six weeks before you ever shoot it, and all that stuff. And it's a different environment. I think a bad side of that is it has scared some writers away from hiring younger people because there's a generational change, you know. Uh, I, on the other hand, one of the things I preach. It's so valuable to have young men and women that are still like, wow, a TV show working with you. Because uh, one of the things you guys uh, can happen in anybody's job is after you do it for a long time, um, it's easy to become cavalier and forget how cool it is to get to write jokes. The only other job I had for a significant amount of time was painting houses, and I was very bad at it, you know? (laughs) Um, And uh, – I'm so grateful to get to do this for a living, so all my shows have um, uh, uh, young men and women that it's their first job, staff writers. We usually hire from within, which I think is really important so that there's still uh, a, a pathway and a channel. It's usually writer's assistants or PAs that come up through writer's assistant and then go on to I'm so old now that different former PAs and writer's assistants the PAs on Spin City, the fourth year, anybody know who they were? PAs on Spin City, the fourth year, were Andy Sandberg uh, Kiva, and Yorma, or uh, Lonely <laughs> Island. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, and uh, uh, the different PAs on our shows have, have all gone on to run their own shows now. As far as um, I was very lucky. There's a, the the video that they show on the ATX thing has Shalala at the end of it. That's Gary Goldberg. He was my mentor. Okay, and he taught me all this stuff. Uh, uh, and there's not enough mentorship anymore. It's not because people are jerks. It's because there's so much product to consume if you write something good. Places in a good way are like, you're really talented. Go. Hey, how do I handle this budget and take care of actors and actresses? It's a nightmare because it's overwhelming. The one cool thing that does exist that I'm still part of, uh, the Writers Guild has something called the Showrunners Training Program. It's awesome. Okay, The only prerequisite we're getting in, it's free, um, is you have a pilot that is sold or in development you're allowed to do this thing on saturdays which all the major uh, men and women that run shows produce shows come in and try to tell these kids of uh, how crazy a job it is i every year it's embarrassing because every year they pair me and john wells and john wells is so hyper organized he has charts broken down by hours of what they're going to do the joke that they do is he runs a thing on organized show running and I run a thing called Disorganized Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Zach, look, and to back that up, tell uh, you know, what's it, what was it like some days on Scrubs when I would come to you guys and hand you pages on set?
2: Well, the biggest mistake I did uh, when I started making um, real money, uh, I wanted to give back to the crew. So I, I put in a full old school arcade. In the hospital. It's true. Yeah, in the hospital. And, it, and one of for those of you old enough to know, remember, there was a great arcade basketball game called NBA Jams. <laughs> well, Bill is a basketball freak, and Randall, who you, 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 know, who you keep hearing about, who was in charge of the money and keeping on schedule on time, and, and also played Leonard the security guard, um, said, you're killing me, because now the entire writers' room is playing NBA Jams and there's no scripts coming out of the writers room <laughs> and like and and so it got to the point some days where bill they would, the writers room would get behind and we there would be no script and so we'd get there on Monday morning and we'd get a couple pages and and we'd go to set and we're like what the fuck what is this what's happening and 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 then bill would come down uh, ha- you know harried from finishing a game of nba jams and we'd go, Bill, why are, why are Donald and I standing on the table? And he'd go, oh, oh, yeah. Um, so we haven't written that yet. But what's going to happen is... <laughs> <laughs> and so it was uh, organized chaos. But it, 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 it worked. You know, one of the great things about the way we did the show is that Bill would come to set. We'd have the we have a script, and then Bill would come and, and figure it out with us at, at the first rehearsal. And that was the most fun part of the show was... We would take what had he and his writers had created, and then he, and of course, there was the director there. Um, but Bill was sort of in charge of going. Uh, no, uh, you know, f- you know, we had a lot of great directors, but sometimes he'd be like, "Oh no, 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 no! She needs to come in from that door. Don't you see why?" And then she needs to, be, he needs to be here, and you know, and and it would, it, it would, that was the most fun part was sort of figuring out the blocking, adding extra jokes, and and and, and just cracking up at how we were making it even better. And then he would leave because he gets very bored on set, which is funny because when Bill directs, you know, like the sec- by the second setup of a scene, he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh I wonder what happens in this scene. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he loves to come for rehearsal and maybe watch a little bit and then get the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, Mark, thank you. Though. That was a nice question. So if you ever get a pilot showrunner's training program, what do you got, sir? Uh, is, are there any projects coming up that show would be interested in working or have you been interested? Writing, directing something for the for New York Chicago LA. Zach and I are both obsessed uh with theater I'm
2: on my way there now just to just to crank out a whole bunch of Broadway shows It's my happy place yeah. <laughs> I wrote a play by the way um if you wanna if you if you, it's on Amazon for like six bucks or something it's called all new people um. And we did it in New York at the Second Stage Theater um, for a little while, and then it's I great. went and then I went and did it in uh, in the West End in London, which was a life goal of mine.
3: You, you should read it. The best jokes are mine. Um, <laughs> actually, I wrote you know, nothing. I wrote nothing. Actually, wrote you know,
2: anything. in that you wrote fucking nothing, eh? <laughs> but what's funny is in the play, the lead character tells a joke that that's that's too dirty. I'm not going to tell here. But um, but he tells a joke and. It's the only thing in the whole play I didn't write. It was just a two-liner joke that I had heard and thought was funny and the character needed to tell a funny joke. I can't tell you how many people at the stage door would say, that was hilarious, thank you so much. That joke that you told, and they would compliment the, the two sentences the I didn't write didn't in the write?
3: play. That's right. What do mm-hmm. you got, Jeremy? This recent television season, there were these articles about you know, the, res- the resurgence of the network sitcom. Abbott Elementary, Grand Crew, American Auto, Ghost. Um, as someone who is, the majority of your work at the moment is on streaming, Apple
1: TV, HBO Max. I'm wondering what your feelings are in response to that. Like what the state of the sitcom and the industry
3: is? Uh, it's all cyclical. The, by the way, the, uh, Abbott Elementary is Justin and Pat, uh, two protege guys of mine. They're so talented. Um, and the show's really good the the weird yeah, it's really good you should check it out if you haven't great show great show you know it's uh, funny
2: just before you answer I, I everyone's talking about Abbott Elementary but in my an, my initial answer to that is like God I haven't watched the network comedy in so long which is bizarre which is bizarre but but that's great to hear that there is this resurgence it's really good
3: well what's happening is streaming now as it gets kind of shrunk is the domain of uh, you know established writer producers because you get to take your show to wherever you want. And so young people are circling back to network TV and making some cool stuff. One thing I can tell you is great shows are great shows. I was around for the death of the comedy, death of the drama, death of the comedy again, death of the multi cam, which will also be back, death of the single camera show. It's all bullshit. You know what I mean? And whenever anybody does a good show, a thousand people copy it. So uh, it makes me excited. It is a bummer that, Zach, I used to, Modern Family was the last show that was appointment watching for me on network TV. You know, and I used Neil to. Neil was in that, I think. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> So makes me happy. There's a question over here. What do you got, sir, in the hat? I was wondering
1: uh, if you guys could talk more about the relationship with Colin Hay, who is obviously
0: an actor and also a songwriter. He's, he's a couple of episodes of Scrubs and on the Garden State soundtrack. Yeah.
3: One of the things i you know, one of the things we try to do in all our shows, all Zach's uh, movies, we work with the same people. We like them because then they'll temper stuff to your show and then continue on. We all love seeing Colin Hay at Largo. The guy's super talented. And he just kind of entered our world, and uh, uh, yeah, around
2: of the of time it? of uh, Scrubs starting, and 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 then into Garden State. Actually, before I got Scrubs, in, in like late '90s, uh, there's a place in L.A. called Largo, which you should all go see. They have comedy, they have music. It's a great uh, little small venue, and. Um, Someone said you got to come see the lead singer of Men at Work now does this new kind of thing where he plays his Men at Work songs acoustically but he also tells the funny stories he's like a stand up if, if he ever if he ever comes here or wherever y'all y'all see y'all swearing off nailed it said the Jew from New Jersey but um <laughs> If you ever get a chance to see him live, he does the best show ever, because it's like half, half anecdotes that have you belly laughing, and then he just goes into the most beautiful song ever. So he was really sort of, um, when I first moved to LA, um, kind of having a moment, definitely in the LA scene, as a new, as this new one-man band. And, um, and, and Bill was, was hip to it, and, and Krista, who, did, who was in charge of a lot of our music, was, was hip to it. And, so, um, and he had also acted, I think he was on the Larry Sanders show. Is that how you knew we could act? Because then Bill said, oh, why don't we put him in an episode? And th- that's how that happened.
3: But well, we love doing stuff like that. We stay friends, That we keep repeating people over and over. And if you do a solid for someone, uh, there's a random story on that. The, uh, my wife was one of the first people, because uh, her sister-in-law, Leona Ness, who wrote Leave Your Boyfriends Behind, and Charm Attack" and all these songs, was on the Cougar Town sound. It was from London. And so Krista heard uh, a song called Lego House, from a young guy, Ed Sheeran, who, by the way, that we put one of his songs on Cougartown before he even a record deal. And then this is why it pays off if you have the chance to do that. We are at a, a restaurant um, in California, and this odd red-haired guy walked up, and he said, I lived on someone's couch, and I randomly got a $7,000 check from Cougartown, and he wanted to thank us. But the reason you do this, I don't know if everybody here knows, my daughter is a singer-songwriter. Her first guitar is from Ed Sheeran. Has a note on the back that says, "Play me," and he is single hit. The upside is he is one of her most important mentors in teaching her how to be a singer-songwriter. The downside is that she now has 20 tattoos. All right. <laughs> it's true.
2: Uh, we and th- I don't even know if you know this, but Leona Ness, who is Bill's sister-in-law uh, uh, in this "Bring It All Full Circle," uh, has a song on my in
3: my new film, "A Good oh, person that's So cool. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And a new album out. Uh, we haven't done this side. How about uh, you, ma'am, right there with your hand up? Yeah. Hey, um, I have a two-part
1: question. One, did anything ever happen with the Scrubs <coughs> spec script
2: that you wrote and got drove over? And two, where'd you guys go to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> You're adorable. Um, <laughs> we went to... <laughs> he, skipped over,
3: he skipped over the first part. Oh, we went to Sammy's. No, you skipped over the, the I Scrubs was starting spec. with two. Okay.
2: Sammy's, Italian. It's really good. Very good. I recommend it. Chicken parm. Um, the Scrub Spec script. I think, like, a, a joke or two may have ended up in, in, in other episodes. That's true. Um, and, um, but it, it,
3: it, it died. It was probably very good. I was not, I, you guys, we always talked that Zach was it a was kid. It well, was definitely. Wait, wait. We always talked that you were a kid. How old were you when you got Scrubs? Um.
2: Uh, I was. Uh, it was. Tw- it was uh, 2001, and I'm 47. What's the math? 21,
3: 20, 26. 20. So just so you guys 26. know, I, we act like they were kids. They were kids. I was only 29. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so you weren't. 30, yeah, the Scrubs. I, well, I wrote Scrubs when I was 29. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was 30. Yeah. The uh, and and so I wasn't ready to have other people. It takes you a while. I, wasn't I remember ready you to saying have other people, it was so. maudlin, which was true. That's one of the notes you gave
2: me was you said it was maudlin, and it was a very dark thing. One thing in in the Venn diagram of our case, um, they're mostly overlapped, but I definitely go darker um, because I have issues. But um, Bill's pretty damn (laughs) healthy in his brain, and I'm not. But um, no, I mean, the the things I write on my own um, skew um, darker. And I think one of the things, if I were to read it today, I'd probably be humiliated. But I think, I think one of the things he was commenting on was there's some good writing in here in so many, w- in so many words, but this is way, way too dark for an episode of, of a comedy. I mean, you
3: can't have any of the main characters die. I killed off the whole cast. <laughs> 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 any questions in the middle? I know we're tight on time. Anybody in here? Because I've skipped uh, the middle. What do you look for when you're putting together a room like as, a, like as an individual
1: writer, but then again, as like, building the whole
3: room out? Uh, I'll tell you what's really interesting. It's changed so much. I'm, I'm so old. I'm not old. I don't think I'm old. I look in the mirror, I see the same person, but maybe I'm not. So, but when I started, the first sitcoms I was on, and they were lovely people, so there's no judgment here, would be the first staff I was on was uh, eight white guys and one woman. It just was the world, you know what I mean, of TV writing. It was, uh, and now it is You know, in a cool way, it, it started evolving quickly. Spin City it would have been disingenuous, you know, if it if it wasn't like that. Now the amazing thing is, you know, the writers' rooms are uh, a melting pot of voices and perspectives, and to me, I find that super exciting. You know, and, uh, part of the subtext of uh, the show Bad Monkey is about multi-generational Cuban families in Miami. Cause it's a huge subculture. There's a bunch of Cuban writers. Well, hard to believe. I don't know a lot about that personally. <laughs> But having a bunch of Cuban writers on the show that can then speak to these stories the same way we ag- all get excited about stories that we hear on TV when, when they're not somewhere familiar, it's awesome. So I try personally to put together just a whole bunch of uh, different voices and um, comedic sensibilities. The one thing I try to stick to, uh, which you all should do if you can, is a, a no-asshole policy, which is you, you, know, you should be doing these things with people that you would want to be with. Any- Someone always sneaks through, by the way. <laughs> but you should be doing these things with people that you care about and want to be with anyways. But I, I try to make it a, a kind of big, eclectic group. That's an important thing also, um, is that
2: it's a very small community, believe it or not, relatively speaking. And the no-asshole policy, n- and nowadays I've gotten to a point, and Bill is certainly at this point, where you don't hire someone in a significant role uh, I- as actor or writer without asking everyone about them. Um, because we've all had experiences where y- we where, where we didn't do that and there's 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 an asshole ruining it for everybody um and it's and it's and it's it's poison and so now and and, and so your behavior uh wh- if you are that <laughs> if you happen to be the asshole everyone finds out pretty darn quickly and then and then the, the people just fall into the category of like of lit- and I had calls hey how is it to work with so and so and I go oh my god don't do it are you crazy Um, and and that person might not even know that they're losing jobs because they're a prick, but they are.
3: It really, by the way, it means behave well when you get in the door. It really just
2: comes down to being a kind, normal human being.
3: There's two things that happen once you reach certain levels. I'll tell you, both are funny. Behave well when you get in the door. Here's one that was true. I went to a wedding. Somebody came up, and they said, I was a PA on Spin City, and, uh, uh, um, you know, um, and... uh, I knew you back then. I don't know if you remember me. I'm like, I did. And I'm like, was I, um, uh, I hope I was a good guy. And he said, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you, I'd, you had peroxide blonde hair and you were hung over a lot. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> and, uh, and I go, what are you doing now? He goes, oh, I'm the president of Nickelodeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like,
3: yeah, wow. that, that sums it up better than <laughs> I could have. <laughs> uh, and then the other world is that you live in a world, really, by the way, uh, everybody calls up for recommendations. We have something called the recommend, not recommend. So if you write on my show and you're awesome to be around uh, or you're a crew member and you're awesome to be around or an actor, I will go on for 20 minutes about you. And if someone calls up someone that was tough or didn't behave well, I'll go, uh, oh, he's he's a great writer. You should definitely read his stuff and meet him.
2: Oh, really? And, uh, I'm harsher than that. No, nah, uh, there's
3: a code for us uh, in the show running things because also it's acknowledged it's a narcissistic business. I've got an ego. There's lots of men and women that can do great with one per- person and not with another, you know?
2: Oh, my, my people, some people, when people call me, they're like, um, hey, how is so-and-so? Uh, cool? Um, just okay? Or Or should I call you? <laughs> Meaning, like, don't put it in print. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably smart. And I just had one last week, like, let's talk on the phone.
3: Anything Anybody else will do the last one? Who's last what you got? Question. What you got here we go. What do you got? Um, I, since, you know, we've been talking about your wife a lot, yeah. it's like a best friend panel, I just wanted to you, know, you can shed light on when she was your best
2: friend on so many
3: different
2: projects, and then kind of how her characters are based on her, but they're also <laughs> really mean. <laughs> 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 can you, you should... You should videotape that for Krista. Oh,
3: uh, I got to remember that question verbatim. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, God. oh, my God. I wish I had that on video. Oh, my God. Go uh, look, um, and by the way, Zach, Zach works with my, he. She's would, very scary. Is, uh, <laughs> Zach was so cool because he put my wife in his movie, and then she had a, a by the way, nightmare of her life. She dropped a picture. It hit her face and knocked, uh, gave her stitches and knocked a tooth out. And it was the day before she was supposed to shoot, so she yeah. couldn't actually be in your movie. I know, it's horrible. But she was so happy, which she shouldn't be happy, apparently. Was that scene cut? No, it wasn't. Oh, don't tell her. But By the way, <laughs> well, it was cut down. But, but, Bill, go, but Bill goes,
2: <laughs> Bill, I, when, I, when, I, when I hired Krista, I said, you know, I just want to be totally upfront with you because I love you. And I don't want you to ever be mad at me. This scene is very important to me. But because it doesn't drive any plot forward, of course, in the cutting room, there's a chance it could go. And then Krista was, she goes, I don't care. I just want to work with you. I'm going to work with Morgan Freeman. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? She gets this injury, and Bill, to comfort her, goes, don't worry, that scene's definitely not going to be in the movie.
3: <laughs> so I love working with my wife. She treats me uh, with so much respect. I mean, I'm a married man of uh, 22 years that gets to occasionally tell his wife what to say and what to wear. It's very weird. <laughs> it's not like that at home. And I tell everybody um, uh, my wife is exactly like, the character she plays in real life only slightly meaner. (laughs) Uh, We gotta go, you guys. We gotta beat it. Thank you so much.
0: You have been listening to the TV Campfire Podcast hosted by ATX TV co-founders Emily Gibson and Caitlin McFarland, and produced and edited by Sarah Light. This conversation was
1: recorded live at ATX TV Festival Season 11 in Austin, Texas between June
0: 2nd and 5th, 2022. For more information on the festival and becoming an ATX TV member, follow us at ATX Festival or visit ATXFestival.com.